0: and welcome to the first episode, our pilot episode of Ad Tech Today, a podcast by Smoto, an in-app mobile monetization platform. This podcast will cover a range of topics relevant to app developers, publishers, demand partners, and advertisers. I'm your host, Angie Lee, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Smoto, and today we have a very special guest helping me to introduce the world of in-app advertising, the difference between mobile web and in-app advertising, and where Smoto sits in the mix of it all. Before we get started today, I just want to do a quick introduction of Smato. We are an in-app monetization platform, connecting over 10,000 advertisers with over 90,000 mobile publishers and app developers. We've been in the industry for over 14 years, and now we have offices all over the globe, including San Francisco, New York, Hamburg, Berlin, Shanghai, and Singapore. In fact we recently unveiled our brand new innovation lab in hamburg which is actually where i'm sitting right now and the view i have to say is amazing Um, also our new york office just recently moved to the 77th floor of the empire state building eve have you had a chance to see it yet i have and i have to say
1: i think my view usurps your view (laughs) we're on the 77th floor of the empire state building we're literally two down from the observation deck so um, being new to New York, this is uh, this is not only a stunning view, but you get to see 360 and look down at all of New York. So literally sitting on top of the world here.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing! I guess I now need some excuse to go over to Manhattan.
1: Absolutely, get over here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, well, let's get started. Um, So let's dive right into the differences between advertising for mobile websites versus advertising for mobile applications. So first off, we know that mobile is the leading growth driver of global internet usage, but um, here are some figures that you may not know. So according to eMarketer, 80% of users accessing the web right now are doing so via mobile devices. But today's digital world is not just mobile-first, it's app-first, actually. According to Comscore, apps account for 89% of consumers' smartphone time. According to App Annie, consumers have an average of around 80 apps on their phones and are using an average of 40 of these apps per month. So I thought I was bad, but apparently the average user has more apps than I do. In fact, Smoto has actually seen an ever-growing share of ad requests coming through from apps. So in 2014, just five years ago, uh, only 61% of ad spending on the Smoto platform came from in-app, compared to 39% from mobile web, Uh, whereas in 2017, 93% of ad spending on the Smoto platform came from in-app, with only 7% coming from mobile web. So you can really see there's been a big shift just in the past five years alone. Um, But let's get down to the differences and maybe we can understand why we're seeing the shift. Um, So our guest speaker, Eve, who you've heard from already, is uh, the senior director of supply uh, for the Americas region at Smato. She has been in the tech industry for over 10 years and has worked with publishers like Zynga, New York Times, CBS, and many more. Um, So we know that mobile websites are using cookies to track and identify user behavior, but with mobile apps, uh, device IDs are actually used to track behavior. So Eve, can you explain to us why this is advantageous?
1: Sure, absolutely, and it's my pleasure. I mean, with the healthy stats that you just laid out, Angie, it's clear where the industry is trending, right? The app ecosystem is becoming largely a market where brand marketers can effectively address their most desired audience, otherwise known as, I guess, people-based targeting, right? We look at what Mark Pritchard had said once, right? The world is no longer about mass marketing, it's about one-to-one marketing. And that is really what device IDs can achieve for marketers, for brands, for advertisers. And as a result, marketers can achieve better campaign outcomes depending on their KPI goals. And for people like us who receive the ads, well, we'll have better and more relevant ad experiences. So device IDs are garbling up the cookie. Uh, the cookie still crumbles perhaps, but now in a very limited way. We saw what went down with Apple, right? Restricting third-party cookie targeting on iOS. And now Google is postulating the same message as it relates to Google Chrome. So cookies are in a very precarious um, position right now. Uh, but cookies are still necessary for tracking users as it relates to desktop and mobile web, but I'm gonna get into why device IDs are really a critical factor to your advertising campaign. So let's first discuss what is a device ID. So it's a unique identifier connected to a person's mobile device. So it's an Apple advertising ID or an Android ID, and it comes through either a smartphone or a tablet, which is typically accessed through um, opt-ins, right? So at its core, It opens the lens to understanding a person's DNA on their smartphone or their tablet, and all in a non-PII and privacy, of course, respectable, um, uh, compliant way. But device IDs, what makes them so impactful is that they're deterministic, meaning that it stays with the users for as long as they have their device, right? So that's typically, what, a year and a half, and probably for me, it's probably like two years But when you compare um, how marketers look at cookie ID versus uh, device ID, marketers are relying on cookie ID for retargeting and ad retargeting. But you're really just kind of tracking users' behaviors on websites, but it doesn't give you the full window into their passion points and what apps they're spending time on and their lifestyle and their taste for entertainment or music. So cookie-based targeting, Um, Well, I'll go out on a limb here and say that you're lucky to reach somebody that is a bit problemistic, you think you're talking to that audience, but you might not be talking to an audience at all. I mean, there's so much room for fraud with uh, cookie-based targeting, and since device IDs represent actual handsets that are used by actual me, you, Angie, um, human beings, the opportunities for fraud, particularly bot bot fraud, are dramatically reduced.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what about the type of user data that's being tracked? Is it the same, is it different?
1: Yeah, it's, it's very different. Um, so the, the types of data that's being tracked through cookie and device ID are, are, are dramatically different in the sense that um, cookies uh, track data in a couple different ways. And just for the sake of brevity, let, let's just talk about first-party cookie data and third-party cookie data collection, okay? We'll break it down. Uh, through those two so first party cookie data is essentially um, uh, publishers drop this on their website right so if i'm united airlines i use cookies to remember things like a chosen language or a country so that when i come back as a person back onto their website they already know that i'm in america and i'm looking to travel between san francisco and new york so it kind of creates a bit of a seamless experience but third-party cookies are used for ad targeting, right, and behavior targeting by adding tags to a page. But um, advertisers can track users only across these different websites, these um, these different sort of behaviorals that are going through, through the web. Um, and they can build loose profiles of users based on just kind of habit and interest. But overall... Cookie-based targeting has lots of problems, right, from GDPR, which not only affected um, cookies and, and the web, it also affected in-app as well. But from a cookie perspective, people are changing their devices all the time and you're losing that person, right? Um, cookies get deleted all the time. People are not using the same computer. You have multiple um, people in a household who are using the same computer, so you really don't know who you're kind of um, targeting, uh, so it's not a one-to-one deterministic link as you have with your actual handset. Um, so let's talk about mobile apps because, like you said, that's when 90% of the people are spending their time anyways. Uh, device ID targeting allows brands to build very lasting relationships with actual people by allowing them to create personalized and unique ads to those individual users. So the type of data collected can be put into audience that, that can be segmented based on what users like, what they're consuming on their phone, how much time they're spending on their phone, what app categories are they going into, what music are they streaming, but most importantly, what their, where their location is. Location data is key, right? So if I'm Starbucks and, um, and I wanna do a geofencing campaign and I'm a user on my app on a weather channel uh, app right now, it's going to single me that I am perhaps maybe a mile away from Starbucks. With well, Starbucks, get in and there, send me an app, send me an ad that says, hey, you're just, um, you, know, you, you know, you're know, you five minutes from the Starbucks. Use this local um, coupon and get yourself a, 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 a coffee to, to kick off your morning. And that can help drive in-store traffic, foot traffic. And it's very measurable. So, so, so. Being able to target in-app to the right user at the right time in the right context and in the right location is just the holy grail for advertisers. And it's also great for informing attribution models, both online and offline.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, one of the four P's of marketing they always talk about is place, right? So the location... Aspect of it obviously would be very important. And I think, you know, for further podcast episodes, maybe we could go into that in even greater detail. Um, But continuing down the line of the differences between mobile web versus in app. What about when it comes to ad formats? Is there a, a difference here in terms of um, which types perform better for one versus the other? Sure. I
1: mean, ad formats play a huge role in user experience, right? And the beauty of device IDs, it does allow you to have that connection point to that particular user. So you can um, you can build very personalized um Advertising and making it meaningful for those users that, that, that you want to reach on a one-to-one basis. And, and you can't translate um, web advertising into the in-app because this, the screens are very different and the experience is very different. So the ecosystem for in-app offers a host of formats that just aren't available on the web environment. When we think about playables and rewarded video, these formats should absolutely inform the way you conceive your campaign. And marketers should really take the time to learn about them so they can modify the creatives in a way that is tailored to the mobile experience. And look, we have a whole team here at Smoto to help you and guide you through that process.
0: Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I I know I have a couple of friends in the industry um, that are working on the demand side that it seems, you know, what I hear a lot of is kind of this copy paste of uh, taking the exact same processes and procedures that they use when it comes to desktop or mobile web campaigns and then just applying them straight over into in-app but it seems like you know that it's really important to take note of the differences and that being said um, when when you think about publishers that have been predominantly monetizing their ads via web um, what should they be really thinking about doing differently when it comes to an in-app environment sure
1: a uh, great question Angie so you know what's important to publishers is to ensure that their two revenue models are most profitable right and that's in-app advertising and in-app purchase, that's where they make all their money. So using a mediation platform that unifies revenue management across these channels, but also a platform that provides publishers thorough kind of user level insights to effectively manage revenue across each active user. Um, so that's where it gets really interesting. And, and similar in a desktop environment for monetization, your stack should be complete with real-time, heading, uh, real-time bidding, header bidding, programmatic, direct, um, but the implementation of it all is widely different. So for an expansive in-app mediation strategy, it will require an SDK to handle the mediation, as opposed to what a desktop environment looks like, which is tags, right? So again, you're dealing with cookies. Um, and through an SDK, you know, we use ad server macros to feed device IDs into it, which enables data to be passed through correctly. You can track click performance. And it creates a much safer environment from fraud and bad actors. And, you know, and furthermore, there are just other benefits um, when you think about SDK and and the mediation around it, particularly when it comes to supply path optimization. So buyers tend to prioritize their programmatic budgets to SD integrations, and it provides um, for them a sense of security that the traffic is direct, it's clean. um, They want to be in in, uh, with partners who are TAG certified. And, um, and from a market quality perspective, SDKs block malware, bot traffic, sound on, autoplay, those pop-ups. I mean, basically everything that drives you crazy when you open up a browser or an application when an SDK doesn't have those protections in place. And, you know, and, and, and lastly, you know, when you evaluate kind of your mediation stack and, and, and your SDK partners, I mean, they really should be equipped with all the latest functionality and features uh, like modularity so it keeps the uh, SDK super light, uh, open measurement, header bidding features, and then support like MRAID, which will garner a lot more advertising revenue for, for publishers, and as well as, and I'll just say a little bit about GDPR, um, to make sure that the SDK does have a consent management platform or a tool, um, and those also can't be supported by tag integration. So. You know, ultimately at Smato, you know we're really excited about the release of our unified bidder, um, which is our in- in-app uh, header bidding uh, solution, our next-gen SDK, and and really leveraging uh, AI and machine learning algorithms to organize all the data and identify trends and patterns along with those deep insights, so that we can effectively uh, have a platform for our publishers that drive higher yield. Um, and ultimately make a lot of money for our for our partners. So that that's always the uh, that's the net net here.
0: Well said. I couldn't have said it better myself, Eve. Um, I think you know it's really an exciting topic thinking about uh, header bidding as it affects the in app industry. And hopefully we'll have uh, another episode to come on this topic by itself. Um, but it sounds like at the end of the day, there's quite a number of differences between mo- uh, mobile web and in app when it comes to optimizing monetization strategies. So I'm sure our audience is going to be excited to hear more about uh, some of the topics you've referenced earlier, such as in-app header bidding, um, how AI can help you better optimize um, your auction logic. and. I think we'll have to have some further episodes to come, um, but I think that is all we have time for today, so hopefully everybody has enjoyed our first pilot episode of Ad Tech Today, and we would love to hear your feedback on what topics you'd like to learn more about, so if you have any ideas or questions, um, feel free to send an email directly to podcast at and that is podcast at com. Um, if you want to leave some suggestions or have any questions, um, you can also, you know, hit subscribe, follow us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, you know, all of the social media channels. Um, and Eve, thank you very, very much for your time today and for helping me introduce the in-app world. Um, hopefully I can come to New York sometime soon and maybe you can buy me a drink. (laughs) Look forward to hosting you here. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, then I am signing off from sunny Hamburg and um, I will talk to you soon.